never say die! Hello, welcome to episode 219 of and Going On 14, and I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I tried to paint like Julianne Moore once, and all I got was a bruised testicle, two sprained ankles, and a very broken, very expensive wire flying rig. Big Lebowski joke. Oh, I thought that was the hours. <laughs> it was. Paint everywhere. Um, I I got nothing. I was actually thinking about the fact that earlier this week I was contemplating changing the uh, theme music to something new. And every time I think about it, like every other week, we should change up the change well, up the music. That couch gag was specifically because I know Patrick and uh, Mike have visual imaginations. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying <laughs> oh, I, to. I 100% imagine the naked Josh flying. And I'm really trying to talk that out of my brain right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the bad part. All, all I hear is. <laughs> now I'm picturing it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Patrick's like, I can masturbate to that. Oh yeah, yeah. So, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about Julianne Moore this week. I I got nothing. No, let's talk about Naked Josh. If you like Naked Josh, (laughs) (laughs) come to my house any night. Where we can listen to the great shows on the Podcast Collective. Naked. On the Block. Joel's on the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy. The Naked Internet with Scott the Pool Boy. (laughs) It frequently is. Mint and Boxcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Naked Rad Dad Radio Hour. I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. He said. Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, if you're looking for our older stuff, uh, we're pretty much everywhere. iTunes, Blu-ray, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and we're trying to get on Spotify. So. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're, we're still at noon on geek life radio right we haven't talked about that in a while because we accidentally deleted it from the show notes yes we are still on geek Geek life radio 12 o'clock noon it's easy yeah we're we're everywhere either if you google us add podcasts otherwise you're gonna get our criminal records and you don't want to read that shit google me now wait (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm just gonna call about that time Oh, well, yes. like, uh, if people we want to feedback here. Uh, well, we, we also didn't give the voicemail number. Oh. Yeah. Mike wants to just fast forward. <laughs> fat forward? Fat uh, forward. Se- 708, now wrap. 708-669-9727. This is what happens when we record in the middle of the day instead of middle of the night. <laughs> now it's about that time. What time? This week oh. is music, movies, and TV. <clears throat> All right. So, what did we choose? December third, nineteen sixty. It's Julianne Moore's birthday. Oh, that was just. Oh, I didn't send her a card. <laughs> this is why we were originally going to record this show a couple weeks ago because it was her birthday. Yeah. Birthday. Unfortunately, happen. things happened. Life happened. Things exploded, and now we are here. <laughs> oh yeah so music the top songs in the land were elvis presley's are you lonesome tonight floyd kramer's last dance and maurice williams and the zodiacs stay those are all good songs that i know from 1960 yes very good songs uh, uh, uh i once got a standing ovation doing are you lonesome tonight in karaoke uh, okay i mean i was you- alone <laughs> 
but you know. <laughs> and then everybody clapped. Uh, he clapped for himself. Albert Einstein gave him a hundred dollars. On November 30th, Paul moving their belongings from a nightclub in Germany after their contract there had been terminated, Paul McCartney and Pete Best lit a torch for light. The torch ended up starting a fire, which extinguished, but left a wall damaged. The next day, both were arrested for attempted arson when the owner filed a complaint. They spent a night in jail were, and were deported from Germany the following day. That's a- now, that is the official whitewashed beetle report on the incident. In truth, they probably tried to burn the building down because he fired them. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul McCartney and Pete Best just got fired. <laughs> yep. That sounds and kicked out of Germany. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get kicked out of Germany for, oops, my torch fell over. <laughs> no. I mean, and you want a building burned down. You go to Ringo Starr. Everybody knows that. <laughs> no. Hold on. I'm writing this down. Well, how, how do you think Ringo got in the band? Oh, Jesus. He burned Oh, you beat me to the. <laughs> I thought we were if you were going to. the same joke. I'm sorry. I thought if you were going to burn shit to the ground, you get Yoko Ono. Oh, oh nice. Aye, 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 aye. Oh, that was, that was beautiful. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Speaking of, Richard Savage you was born December Yoko 2nd. Ono. He is the bass guitarist and founding member of the English rock band Def Leppard. Savage and yeah. lead singer Joe Elliott are the only remaining original members of the band. And they and drummer Rick Allen are the only members of the band who have performed on every album. Ah, one-armed Rick Allen. Hardest working man in rock. Indeed. You know what, though? I, I mean... I'd say I, give him a hand. Oh, no. dude. dude. He can't even do it to him, you know, for himself. Never mind. Say, say what you want. Say what you want. I mean, love or hate Led Zeppelin, they're not Def Leppard. I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know what they are. Definitely different bands. Yeah. I think he meant to say Def Leppard. I did, Led but for some reason, Led Zeppelin popped in my head right before I, I said I, Def Leppard. I know you are a huge Def Leppard fan. I am a huge Def Leppard fan. I had a Def Leppard uh, jacket with the album, the uh, uh, Pyromania album cover on the back. And was it jean jacket? It, of course, it was. It was the eighties. <laughs> It was like, welcome to 1986. Here's your jean jacket. Yeah, I'd be shocked if there was a Def Leppard jacket that was not a jean jacket. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, anywhere. <laughs> like, no, it was suede. Ah, uh, and finally. <laughs> my, my, this is my Def Leppard mink. <laughs> that I wouldn't be surprised about. And finally, Jack Russell, founding Terror. member of Great White, was born on December 5th. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of a Jack Russell Terrier singing for Great White. (laughs) (laughs) I've just got a picture of a Jack Russell Terrier with the metal hair going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, there's no way the rest of the show is going to be this good. (laughs) (sighs) All right, moving on to movies. The top movie in the land is Butterfield 8, which we've talked about before because it's got that weird spelling with yeah. the B-U. Yep. Uh, both capitalized. Starring Elizabeth Taylor, Lawrence Harvey, and Eddie Fisher. Taylor won her first Oscar for this role. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. It's one where she the plays whole thing about, Yeah, the whole thing about Butterfield 8, that is uh, because of the – I looked it up finally, you know, and, and it's because of the, the way the phones used to be. Yes. That's the, you know, exact, cause the exchange – 
It was always, you know, a two-letter whatever. Yep. Yeah, that movie comes up often enough that I feel like I should see it now. Well, I mean, if she won an Oscar, it's got to be good. But, it, I mean, even even the plot sounds boring. And now that I said that, I, I'm, I regret it because you're going to say, what was the plot? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you fell asleep halfway through reading it. <laughs> All right. I just remember not being enthralled by it. I was like, oh, okay. Released this week, G.I. Blues, Go to Hell, Hoodlums, and Village of the Damned. Oh, that sounds like a good Charles Bronson movie. Wait, Go to right. Hell? <laughs> go to I, hell. Yeah, I kind of want to know more about Go to Hell, Hoodlums. That is... Shockingly, I did not look that na- up. 1960s Japanese film directed by Seijin Suzuki. Uh, it... it Hang on, waiting for my internet to catch up. All right. A construction worker believes himself to be an orphan, and in spite of his youthful temptation, something or other, I don't know. I don't know what this word is. He is nonetheless a model of honesty and moral integrity. He intrudes himself by crashing into the office of a company president in order to claim the indemnity that he owes the foreman's daughter because he caused the man's death by dangerous driving. What the fuck? That sounds like a Google translation. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It's like someone is like, the, the, the description for this movie is all in Japanese. Fuck it. Run it through Google Translate. Yeah, and they post it on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'd rather wow. see the Charles Bronson version. Like, Mark Smith. Strong man boy goes on, goes on journey, finds man, says, hello. <laughs> what? This is a horrible, horrible synopsis. Mark now, Smith, amateur archaeologist. Village of the Damned, though. What? Village of the Damned is good. Yeah. yeah. We know that one. I've heard of GI Blues as well, but I've never seen it. Is that kind of Elvis? Mm. What am I thinking of? Yeah, Elvis Presley, GI Blues. Oh, maybe I have seen it. There's going to be a lot of that since we're doing a person show. Maybe I have seen that. One of one of those crappy t- Colonel Tom Parker Elvis movies. Yeah, this is the uh, Tul- Tulsa soldier with dreams of running his own nightclub places a bet with his friend Dynamite. That oh he my can God! Win the I've heart of an untouchable dancer. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. His friend is named Dynamite. That's awesome. Who plays there, Dynamite? A, there, I remember uh, there's a scene where, shockingly, Elvis plays guitar in a cafe and all these women swoon all over him. <laughs> what a it? twist. All right, November. Place up like, like, a, like it's Columbine. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, <Jesus. laughs> Holy shit. That escalated quickly. <laughs> November 29th sees the birth of Kathy Moriarty, actress best known for Raging Bull, Kindergarten Cup, Soap Dish, and the acronym of the week, TGIBLH, which of course is Terrified Girls in Brock Lesnar's House. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you, Pat. Holy that crap. My favorite acronym ever. I'm serious. If, oh my god, if you're going to do a callback to Brock Lesnar, that's amazing. I am so proud of you. Oh my Jesus, that was terrified girls in Brock Lesnar's house. No, that is the gun in Betty Lou's handbag. Oh. oh. Terrified girl. Oh my god, that's, that's fucking brilliant. Alright, Daryl Hannah is also born on December 3rd in Chicago, Illinois. She would go on to star in such movies as Splash, Roxanne, Blade Runner, and Kill Bill Volume 2. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. <clears throat> She's never been to Brock Lesnar's house. <laughs> 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 that 
That's kind yeah, of you smell what the Brock is cooking. All right, so I tried to Google Daryl Hannah and I typed in accidentally Farrell Hannay, <laughs> and it brought me to a German Daryl Hannah fam site. <laughs> of course it did. Schreibfehler.eu Daryl Hannah.html because I got nothing. Huh. I tried to Google the same thing and I got Hannah's eyebrow tutorial. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Episode three, though. Skip the first two. They're kind of slow. So, yeah. Daryl Hannah, German fan site. Daryl Hannah splash. Daryl Hannah splash. Something awards right, based. Stop. No, no, no. Because then it gets interesting. Because after that, it's Champions Mud Bash Central Florida. And then Stop Shark Cage Diving with Chum. Volume two. That was a really strange twist right there at the end of that Google search. The Chum? The Chum thing. Yeah. yeah. Little... You go a little deeper, you just get Spider Man Elsa make kiss with wine. <laughs> Once okay. you follow up on what I said. Oh, my God. I'm like, those are words. I don't get them. Oh, my are... God. That's hilarious. You'll get it. You'll get it. I get it. <laughs> TV. Yes, I know. Hang on. I'm closing my chum. <laughs> All right. So TV, the top shows in the land are Gunsmoke, Wagon Train, and HGWT. Is there another acronym of the week? I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh there might have been, but don't worry. Dark guys with tits. <laughs> there we go. Tab 48. <clears throat> Rounding out the theme, the top 20 were Rawhide, the uh, Rifleman. Have Gun, Will Travel. Have Gun, Will Travel. Okay. Rounding out the theme, also in the top 20 were Rawhide, the Rifleman, and Bonanza. A lot of Western. Well, and that's yeah. that. We talked about that. Where it's just like there was that everything was Westerns, and then slowly everything turned to like spy movies, and then everything went to cop movie, cop shows, and that sort of thing. Mm hmm. So that's all I got. So born November 20th, Rich Fields is an American broadcaster, spokesman, announcer, and meteorologist. He has voiced nine different game shows in his career, with his most well-known being a seven-season stint in which he announced for The Price is Right after the death of Rod Roddy. It was absurd. Aw, Rod Roddy. You and your sport coats. I'm sad now. All right. On December 8th, the first episode of the classic British TV series Coronation Street was broadcast. Yes, I recall, he says, looking sideways. Despite being planned as a one-time 13-part drama, it becomes such a success among viewers that it is still shown five times per week to this day. Why do I not know about this? No kidding. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. But it's huge in the U.K., that's crazy. It's huh. the theme song is Coronation Street theme song. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Lover. Nice. Is it still running? Yeah. Yeah. Good God. That's what I meant by to this day. <laughs> huh. I mean, yeah, I, when you said to this, opera? yeah, it's a soap opera. And when you said to this day, in my head, I'm like, oh, it must be you know reruns. Oh, but, I got you. No, yeah. it's it's fresh episodes. All right, crazy pants. All right, also on December 8th, for the first time, the Mary Martin Peter Pan is presented as a standalone two-hour special on NBC instead of as part of an anthology series. This version, rather than being presented live, is shown on videotape, enabling NBC to repeat it as often as they wish without having to restage it. God, could you imagine how much that would suck for her? 
every year having to strap on the goddamn harness. Well, then again, Tell I was about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, sexy Josh. Hey, uh, quick uh, little fun tidbit on Coronation Street. Number of episodes? 9,339. Oh, oh my god. How do we not know about this? <laughs> That was a much higher number than I anticipated. <laughs> I was thinking like, uh, 2,800 maybe. Something. <laughs> Damn. Good God. 9,000. They're, they're going to be able to celebrate their 10,000th show. I mean, wow. that's, that's, like, that's like they have cycled through an entire list of, of crew and cast over, over, over 57 years. They had to have. It must be a daily soap opera then. It, it's got to be. Holy crap, that's a high number. I'm going to buy the box set. I mean, it, it could be some kind of show. I mean, what... Like six minutes. Yeah, all right, listeners, if any of you know about this show... Nikki. Yeah. Nikki knows about Coronation Street. Nick, no, she's from... She's New Zealand. This is... Well... That's part of... You know, uh, Australia's part of the UK, and she's right next to it, so... So this might be something we'll hear about from uh, David Schollenberger. Yes, Mr. Oh, Balloon. Yeah, yeah. Balloon yeah. Man. Balloon Man. David. Send, send up the, the, the scone spotlight. <laughs> well, let's not talk about scones again. The, the, the scone wars <laughs> are, are just calming down now. The scone right, spotlight? We just got away from the gear wars, and then we go right into the, stone, to the scone wars. Hey, what's going on in sports, he says, trying to get us off of this bullshit. <laughs> Let me tell you about the gear wars, my friend. <laughs> um, all right, sports. Bob Tewksbury was born November 30th. He was a journeyman pitcher in the MLB in the 80s and 90s with an average record. He really was nothing special. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't bad. He just, you know, wasn't, you know, an all-star. He was average. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've <laughs> heard of him. Strangely, yeah. well, that's a great last name, Tewksbury. Yeah, and then on December twelfth, the MLB decides to grant a franchise to Los Angeles and owner Gene Autry. That Gene Autry. Really? Huh. Yeah. I I really didn't. I mean, and and thus the <clears throat> LA Angels were born. Hmm. Yeah. And the story of Gene Autry, I looked it up. You know, after. I was like, that can't be the same Gene Autry. No, yeah, it was. And apparently, this man was like an angel on earth. He was like the kindest man, nicest man that ever lived, and most philanthropic and most successful. And and he's just I mean, he's he, he's in the Hall of Fame for baseball. Huh. So you take him and the rest of country music, and you average it out, and it becomes a pretty okay person. <laughs> I I have I agree on this one. I have never heard anybody say anything terrible about Gene Autry. Yeah. Now that I mean, now that you make me actually think about it, it's like, well, good for him, man. Yeah. All right. So, j- keyboard Joel, lead us out. Not, 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 not. Thank you for that, keyboard Joel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's uh, talk about Julianne Moore, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Julianne Moore, born Julianne Smith. In Fort Bragg, North Carolina, December 3rd, as we had said, the daughter of Anne Love, a social worker, and Peter Moore Smith, a paratrooper colonel and later military judge. Hmm. Got to be an interesting household to live in. (laughs) Right? A social worker and a military judge. I bet dinner was great. (laughs) That's like the original Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Holy crap. 
Um, Moore spent the early years of her life in over two dozen locations around the world with her parents during her father's military career. She finally found her place at Boston University, where she earned a BA, or I'm sorry, BFA in Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting from the School of Performing Arts. After graduation in 83, she took the stage name Julianne Moore because there was another actress named Julianne Smith. Really? Really. I don't believe, I don't believe you. You're the one who did the show notes. No, I didn't do those. I did this part. Oh, okay. So, Patrick, figure out who Julianne Smith is. Yeah, right. No, I, I don't care to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, trivia. She reads every script she receives. It's kind of sad that that has to be noteworthy. No, I, I you know what? I don't think it's that. I think it's because if she receives it, doesn't mean she actually does it. Oh, every script she receives. Oh, wow. I'm sending her scripts now. <laughs> I've got a script. It's nothing but my phone number. This is just, <laughs> this is 183 pages. It's just her saying Shamalama Ding Dong over and over again. Hey, Pat, if you send her that script, it's going to start the rock. Still a better love story <laughs> than Twilight. <laughs> so uh, she was on Entertainment Weekly's list of the 25 greatest actresses of the 90s. So congratulations to her. And chosen as one of People's Magazine 50 Most Beautiful List in 2001. She didn't learn to swim until she was 26 and only learned to drive when she was 27. And she never learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> she can paint in the air. That's fantastic. All right. She's got some. Joel put us some quotes. We have quotes. <laughs> I, thought I like good. this. Uh, so you never have sex the way people do in the movies. You don't do it on the floor. You don't do it standing up. You don't do it always. You don't always have your clothes off. You don't happen to have them all. You don't happen to have on all sexy lingerie. You know, if anybody had rip, ever ripped my clothes, I'd kill them. I believe her. Duly noted. Yes. <laughs> That's going to put that in the script. No <laughs> clothes ripping. Yes. And she also says... And no no diddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I thought was good for those of us who are fans. And uh, the next one is, in grade school, I was a complete geek. You know, there's always a kid who's too short, the one who wears glasses, the kid who's not athletic. Well, I was all three. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what do you mean uh, was? Boom, boom, boom. All right, so as you know, we are uh, in these people people shows. We go through them, take kind of take a walk through uh, all the movies that they have made, and see if uh, one we recall watching the movie. So at one point or another, don't believe it or not, we're actually going to say, "Oh my god, I think I actually did see that." <laughs> Um, so yeah, first movie on here is 1990s Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, where she plays Susan. Everyone now, has seen that but me. Really? This has got... Okay. I'm pretty sure I didn't see it. We might be starting off with one of those. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> it, it may be. Um, this is one of those, mo it's an anthology movie starring <laughs> Debbie Harry, Christian Slater, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, who else is in this? David Johansson, William Hickey. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, she was in the segment called Lot 249. Yeah, I don't remember her segment, but I vaguely remember because I went on a tear of watching these horror anthologies from the 90s. Yeah, this is like Creepshow, Creepshow 2, um, Cat's Eye, Demon Knight, all those, all those movies. Yeah, and I've seen a few of those, so I mean, if you could refresh my mind on what, what happened in this one, maybe I did see it. According to this, Steve Buscemi's character has been cheated by two classmates, one played by Julianne Moore, the other Roger Sedgwick, Sedgwick, 
she uh he gets a mummy <laughs> um to kill them and uh christian slater is involved yeah okay now i do remember that segment it was the the mummy plus christian slater is what made me remember it the mummy yeah i don't i don't think i've seen this one I, it was pretty okay i mean it's it's a 90s horror anthology like paint by the numbers what's the one i was thinking of then the one that had dennis miller oh shoot bordello of blood yeah i although i don't know that i would call that an anthology that was when uh tales from the crypt started doing their uh like feature-length movies feature-length movies yeah bordello of blood was wasn't it based on one of the stories from an anthology maybe I mean, I think it was just a vehicle to get uh, B and C list actors into a uh, vampire, like erotic vampire horror movie. I remember Angie Everhart in that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there was a, there were a lot of uh, hot '90s stars in that one. Yes, that was at the time when they were hot. <laughs> <laughs> lost your train of thought there, huh? I lost my train of thought. It ran right well away. Well needed, sir. <laughs> that was at a time when. <laughs> We had good-looking women in history, you know, now and before. It was only the 90s. <laughs> there were things happening. I don't know. All right. So then we're moving on. <laughs> when women had breasts and stuff, you know. <laughs> Let's move on to 1992. <laughs> Hand that rocks the cradle. All right. This, um, after a humiliated husband kills himself, the embittered pregnant widow loses her child and embarks on a mission of vengeance against a woman and her family. This... Rebecca de Mornay had the head up on this one, but Julianne Moore as Marlene Craven. I just remember <clears throat> this was when right around the same time Fatal Attraction was still kind of a thing, right? The kind of the sexy thriller sort of thing happening. Yeah. This, yeah. This was part of the whole like <clears throat> almost like sexy psycho. Group. Yeah. Is this the one that had Rebecca de Mornay in it too? I literally just said that. So okay. Mike just said that. <laughs> All right, sorry. Well, I was I was hanging on your every word at that point up there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Hey, you know who else was in this? Rebecca Dornay. <laughs> she is. Yeah, and and Ernie Hudson. I like. Oh, now Hudson. I'm in. No, John I, Delancey. No. I, I this, this was an okay movie. I mean, it was it was one of the cookie cutter you know uh, urban drama movies from the '90s, but it yeah, wasn't bad. it was okay. I don't think I've seen it. I, I at one point it was one of those. Have I really not seen this? Like there were a couple of really tense uh, scenes, drama built up with uh, the children. You know, like fucking with the children. That, you know, hence the hey no. Whoa 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 whoa. Not fucking the children. Fucking with them. You know, like like you know threatening them, and that's why the title is the hand that rocks the cradle, is the hand that rules the world. You know, and that's what what that phrase is from, and. They use that in the movie several times with putting the children in peril and things like that. I think all the whoa, whoa, whoa's is you probably just could have used the word messing. <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mess, mess you. Did he all right, Roy Moore. <laughs> Wait a second. Who did the, who did the uh, list of movies? I did. Okay. This is all mine from here on out. Why did he miss one? I think he did. I don't. Yeah, he did. What are you looking for? Cast a deadly spell. Yeah, it was a TV movie, and it for some reason wasn't on there. I meant to edit it back in, but it was huh. uh, 90, 1990. 1991. Fred Ward, David oh. Warner, Julianne Moore, um, Clancy Brown. Oh yeah, yeah I, I remember it well. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't. Sorry. You don't remember this? Is like the this is what got me into the whole Cthulhu mythos. 
because the um, Fred Ward plays Detective Harry Philip Lovecraft, and Julianne Moore is kind of like the uh, sexy crooner at the bar that is run by Clancy Brown. Yeah, this was they, they did a sequel with uh, Dennis Hopper uh, taking over Fred Ward's character. Really? Yeah, I, I'm I did surprised not, this has never come up on the show. I did not. I knew about this. I didn't know about the uh, what's the, what's the sequel called? I'm looking that up now. <clears throat> But no, yeah, this is even more deadly spell. This is this is a hundred percent a TV movie. This is an HBO TV yeah. movie before HBO realized that they could show titties and everything all the time. Um, Six point seven out of ten stars. But it this is, I really enjoy watching this. I mean, it's completely dated, and it is a TV movie. But they do a lot of great nods to the Cthulhu mythos in this. Okay, I got you, Mike. The sequel was called Witch Hunt. Okay. Uh, Dennis Hopper plays Harry Philip Lovecraft, and it's also got uh, Penelope Ann Miller, Eric Bogosian, Julian Sands, and Debbie Mazar in it. Huh. Great job. It's my Julian Sands. <laughs> Is that what that was? Is that... I thought if you you're sat on Warlock, something. you'd understand. No, no. I just thought you sat on something. <laughs> so, Josh, did, since you and I, uh, Joel, have you seen this one? Uh-uh. Really? Oh man, this yeah. this was like big for me in high school. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was out of high school at the time, but the time I saw it, I was on HBO. Saw I watched it at least once a week. Oh, okay. So you didn't see it when it first came out. No, I saw it. I saw it on cable. I was gonna say because I the, we were passing around a videotape of this in like 1991, and it was big amongst me and my geek friends. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those movies where they actually do a good job of translating H.P. Lovecraft into a movie. There's the you know the sacrifice of the virgin. You have to find the Necronomicon. Everybody's <clears throat> it's kind of like everybody's using magic except for Lovecraft. Yep. So yeah, alternate like 1940s LA where everybody can cast spells. Yeah, a really neat world. Yeah, it really is. And she plays a major role in this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like I said, she's the crooner, but she's also spoilers something else. Bump a bomb. <laughs> She's Christian Slater. <laughs> so, so this next one from, <laughs> from 1992 is <clears throat> The Gun and Betty Lou's Handbag, also known as Terrified Girls in Brock Lesnar's House. <laughs> Mike, you've actually seen this. Yes, I have. And that's all I have to say about that. I recall <laughs> watching it. <laughs> she was in it. It's it's another one of those movies where it's like, I remember watching that, but it's, you know, like when you've watched watched a movie and it's terrible, and you're like, yes, I've seen that, and I remember hating it. This is one of those where I watched it and was like, it was okay? Let's not discuss it again. Moving on. That's, I think I've seen Body of Evidence, but I'm in that same deal where I remember this was a Madonna movie. I'm pretty sure I saw it and have nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. So I'm pretending. What it is that one about? I, I think it's Madonna was accused of killing her yeah. really old lover by having sex with him. Yeah. It's all about a court case. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I have seen that one 100%, but, you know, it was okay. Oh, it's got Joe Mantegna. Yeah, it was your standard. Uh, 90s courtroom sex drama type thing. Really? Yeah. All right. Now I know I may get some shit for this one. I've never yes. seen Benny and June. How? How? That, that was on, <laughs> on continuous loop in there in Josh and Joel's room. I know. 
It's, it's like at least once a week you'd walk in and see, oh, they're watching Benny and June again. I well, have, it's also like on basic cable all the time now. Well, mm-hmm. of course you're a cord cutter now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm completely a cord cutter, but I have not seen Benny and June. I have I have seen it on my it's on my list, and every time I scroll past it, I'm like, nah. I don't ben remember there. her in that. She plays uh, Aiden Quinn's girlfriend. Oh, okay, just a small part. She's like a I think she's like a waitress or something. I've only seen it like you know. I probably have seen the whole movie, but I've seen it in out of order and bits and pieces just by going into your room for half an hour here and there. <laughs> yeah, we did watch it a lot when it first came out. Oh, it's such a it's just a sweet movie, and it, Mary Stuart Masterson is just adorable. And Johnny Johnny Depp yeah. trying to trying to channel uh, Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton, either or. Well, that was his character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, <clears> it, it, it was you know it, he was pretty good at it, so. He, that that famous scene that they steal where he does the the dancing rolls with the forks that he took directly from Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought those were potatoes. <laughs> I was like, man, he's got strong wrists. <laughs> and I mean, this is kind of an, we've talked about paint by the numbers '90s movies. The quirky romantic comedy is another genre that this would have been a mainstay in. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Mary Stewart Masterson with is its sub sub <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of the precursor to the manic pixie dream girl trope mm. of like yep. the early 2000s. But man, I had such a crush on her as I'm sure Joel did too. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Her and Mary Louise Parker get yep. fried green tomatoes, and I'm drooling. No, uh, some kind of wonderful. Well, that's a great one, but that doesn't have Mary Louise Parker in it too. No, true. Uh, next one, I know we're all gonna have something positive to say about the Fugitive from 1993. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> This you ranks, find that man. This ranks in my probably my top fifteen movies of all time. Yeah, really. Was, yeah, I, I it's in my top twenty five. I would say my sixth grade teacher is in this. Well, yeah. I did not expect him to say that. <laughs> no, a girl I used to work with is in this. She's an extra in the elevator. No, she was one of the nurses, which huh. in sixth grade was really kind of conflicting. My, <laughs> there's my teacher. She's dressed as a nurse. The janitor uh-huh. was in it too, from Scrubs. He was dressed as a nurse as well. <laughs> There's an episode of Scrubs where the uh, the janitor Neil Flynn, like mm-hmm. Neil Flynn himself, was in you know played a cop in Fugitive, but in Scrubs, like Neil, the janitor pretend you know they they do a storyline where it was actually the janitor's character. In That's the movie. cool. Yeah. Hey, you know who else was in this? Julianne Moore. <gasps> no. <laughs> This is one of those movies I saw a couple times in the theater, and just something about it just—it's it, just really well done. Yeah, it's just—it's it's almost like a—it's not like a like a great movie as far as like cinematically, like you know, breaking barriers or any kind of you know whatever. But it's 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 a perfect movie. I mean, it it's just done well. Everybody everybody steps up, and everybody you know, and and the cinematography. I mean, it's all nothing is is like an exceptional, but everything is very very good. And, and across the board, it's just a Plus it's a Chicago-based film, and you got Joey Pants in it. <laughs> and every every time I'm flipping channels, this is one of those movies that if I find it, I just stop and I just watch <clears> it. I don't care what point of the movie it's at. I just... Click. Benny and June. Click. The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> this next movie, Joel claims he hasn't seen, and I don't know how that's oh, I, possible. <clears throat> oh, I missed it. I knew I missed one. Yeah, yeah sure. I've seen it with you. I was pretty sure I had seen it with you. Yeah, because Joel was the only reason I've seen Shortcuts, because he was he wanted to watch it, so I watched it with him. Have I seen this? You probably have you ever seen a movie with Lyle Lovett in it? 
<laughs> this is pretty much the only movie with Lyle Lovett in it. Is this the one where he's going, one of us, one of us? Nope, that's the other movie that has <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's number two. This is the one where he made made cakes and got really angry. Okay, so no, I've seen the other movie with Lyle this, Lovett in it. This, this is the... Uh, it, it's a it's a, a, a story about Hollywood. It's like a bunch of little mini uh, stories, and and they all intertwine and get woven together. Robert Altman type movie. It's, yes, it is a Robert Altman film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he said this is him setting the genre for the Robert Altman type movie. Yeah. Who was cast yeah. in this? The entire 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Andy McDowell, Bruce Davidson, Julianne Moore, Matthew Mordine, Ann Archer, Fred Ward, Jennifer Jason Lee, Chris Payne. Lily Taylor, Robert Downey Jr., Madeline Stowe, Tim Robbins, Lily Tomlin, Tom Waits, Francis McDormand, Peter Gallagher, Annie Ross, Laurie Singer, Lyle Lovett, Jack Lemon, Buck Henry, and Huey Lewis. Holy and Julianne shit. Moore's Merkin. <gasps> Fucking Fred Ward again. We have a yep. connection. <laughs> I tell you, they cast the entire 1990s in this movie. That's crazy pants. Now here's I, a, here, I really like this. Here's the question. Do I need to look this up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really it's a really good movie. Okay, I hate uh, to say this, Joel, but Josh and Pat have more weight on this than you do. <laughs> and it's not American. No, it's not. Uh, in general, if better. Uh, Mike, if you like the like little slice of life movies like this, Grand Canyon, etc. Oh, okay. Magnolia. Magnolia, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, th- yeah, this is one of the best of that genre. Okay. And you get to see Huey Lewis's penis. True. And Julianne Moore's non-Merkin. Yeah, a lot, lot of bottomless action in this. Yeah. yeah. Boy and girl. Uh, it, was, it was the one of the league leaders until uh, Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay came along. That is a sentence I did not expect to hear. <laughs> I'm so confused about this movie right now. <laughs> so Huey Lewis's penis goes to Guantanamo Bay. That's what I've got. <laughs> So in '94, none of us have seen, and I haven't even ever heard of Vanya on 42nd Street. It was a stage show. Um, I want to say Wallace Shawn is involved somehow. Huh? Inconceivable. But I've never actually seen it, but it's been on my list for years. Oh, and okay. From the creators of My Dinner with Andre. Okay. I was just about to say I I went through that stage of of oh I really need to see this with My Dinner with Andre, and I did watch it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I saw it. I can. I, I think he was in the stage production. I think he's in the film too, but I'm not sure. <laughs> what? The, my dinner with Andre? No, Vanya. Oh, okay. No, he is my dinner with Andre, basically. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say it's Andre and Wallace Shawn are the only two in it. Right. Which I enjoyed it, but yeah, I don't know that I need it, to. See it that was. It, I don't. I don't regret watching it, but I will never see it again. This steak is inconceivable. I mean, it was, it, was pure, it was it was purely Wallace Shawn's charisma that pulled me through it. But Julianne Moore was not in that film. Right. <laughs> so only Joel has seen Safe in 1995. I thought I'd seen it, but it turns out I have not. This is a weird one because uh, Julianne Moore, it's, it's one of her first like starring roles, like where she's the lead. She plays a woman who um, basically fears the entire world. Like she thinks it's kind of like a... Um, uh, who was the guy? Oh, the who, kid in the bubble type of thing. Yeah, uh, the guy that Travolta, uh, the boy in the bubble, the aviator. Oh, uh, Howard, <clears throat> Howard Hughes. Yeah, oh, kind of like okay. that. Where she's, she's eventually has like a biohazard suit to walk around in the world and just hmm. believes that you know everything is going to get her. It's it's an interesting character study. Oh crap! Maybe I have seen this. <laughs> 
I mean, it's not like phenomenal, like I need to see it again, but it's worth watching once. Just for her, if nothing else. I'm not familiar with it. Shut up. All right, so after that, there was Roommates, starring Peter Falk, D.B. Sweeney, and then Julianne Moore. None of us I saw it, though. None of us have seen this movie. So moving on to Nine Months. Oh, such a such a fun. I mean, I, ah. it, it's a it's a '90s rom com, but it's still it's good. It's you, so it was kind of the introduction to America of uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, Hugh Grant. Oh my God! I just finally noticed that Julianne Moore is in the upper right hand corner of that poster. Uh, Hugh Grant's oh, teeth I are so huge. Was the introduction? <laughs> but wait, what? We're, we're breaking up pretty bad. Is anybody else hearing that? A little bit. Yeah, I heard it when you guys first started talking about this. Yeah, do we want to. That yeah. sounds fine now. Sounds okay, fine. Yeah, good. Yeah, we seem to be good. All right. Trucking I think we were just stepping on each other too much. Yep. Yeah, maybe so. So shut up, Joel. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> Nine Months is a, is, a, is a 90s rom-com about um, a young married couple, and uh, she gets pregnant, and it's about their struggles of in a relationship and as being parents and everything. And, and like I said, it was the introduction of Hugh Grant to America. Which oh, was the one? And a funeral was. Oh, yeah. This is like um, she's having a baby with uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. They both were out at pretty much exactly the same time. He was he was like has a sports car and he doesn't want to have kids and she does and so yeah Jeff Goldblum's in it. Oh yeah, Robin Williams, Jeff Goldblum, Joan Cusack, Tom Arnold. Yeah, I've seen this for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's Tom cute. Arnold. Yeah, Tom Arnold tries to he sells him a minivan. <laughs> he sells Hugh Grant a minivan. Ashley Johnson, the famed uh, voice actress and uh, waitress from the Avengers, was in it. Oh yeah, and the yeah, the little girl from uh, Growing Pains. Oh yeah. Yep. So that's nineties <clears throat> romantic comedies. How okay? Assassins, nineteen ninety five. All of us have seen this movie. I think I have, but I don't remember it. We watched it. It's it's the one with. Um, Antonio Banderas and Sylvester Stallone. When we did, we all watched this for the Sylvester Stallone movie. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Uh-oh. Okay, then I did. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I didn't. This is. I may have. Do they have like a shootout in like a church or? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have seen this. See, one. and that's okay. This is this is I'm seeing a theme. Julianne Moore is not a bad actress. I think she does very well in all of her movies. But it seems like the theme has been. I don't know if I've seen. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Well, that's what I do for every one of these shows. <laughs> I only mark like half of them. And it turns out I've seen three quarters of the movies. And, and that, you're right, though. That really is kind of um, hers. With with few exceptions, her career has been very um, above average, but not stellar. I mean, she's recognized as a good actress, but not a great actress. Like she's not on a Meryl Streep level, but people, you know, people do like to see her in movies, and pe- she will always be able to get a job, and she always does a great job in those movies. But nobody is like building scripts and saying this is a Julianne Moore vehicle. I and I I with few exceptions of course. Yeah, know. no, very very few of them. And like there's one where she's wearing the bio suit and all that, but I think th- she does her best when she's paired up with an excellent co-star. I I think the thing about Julianne Moore is she she's like I mean this is going to sound strange but she's like a female Paul Giamatti. It's like she's such a great actress and she can fall into any role and 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 you can cast her just about anything. She just happens to be gorgeous. I mean it's, it, she doesn't really even <laughs> wait, use wait, wait. That Paul Back, are are you saying you that's you that's find Paul like, Giamatti like, gorgeous? Like a Paul Giamatti that that happens to be gorgeous. Not not that, that. he is like Paul Giamatti because she's gorgeous. <laughs> 
You're trying to say <laughs> he's not Paul Paul Giamatti's not gorgeous? <laughs> well, I mean he's someone's type, I'm sure. <laughs> not mine. But yeah, I mean she she's a she's a character actor who happens to be gorgeous and she's one of the best character actors out there. She can lose herself in just about any role. But, you know, she doesn't get coded in 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 special effects or whatever like a Gary Oldman because people are like we want to look at her. <laughs> are you saying Gary I Oldman's also, not sexy? What? Are you saying Gary Oldman's not sexy? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, this next one on the list I may have seen but I left my initials off it cuz I only remember it Anthony Hopkins being a really mean Picasso. Yeah. Surviving Picasso 96, she played Dora Maar. It's another one I agree. I think I've seen it, but it just kind of floated away into the ether because it was just kind of there. That I'm sounds pe- like a character out of Lord of the Rings. I'm Picasso. Well, and I think she was like she's third billing, but it's because she's Julianne Moore. It's really Anthony Hopkins and Natasha McElhone movie. Mm. And everybody else is secondary. Yeah, I, I definitely haven't seen this one. Nope. Lost World. I hear this is one of those Jurassic Pork movies. <laughs> I'll have the Jurassic Pork, please. Is that the sequel? Yes. Number three, yes. Number two in the series. I was going to say, have you really not seen this, Pat? I don't know if I have. All right. It, it starts out with a little British girl getting eaten by compies. Little little bitty ones. Dinosaurs. And then... Uh, oh, the, uh, the family on vacation on, on a picnic or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, then I have seen it. Jeff Goldblum leads an expedition in with uh, Vince Vaughn and Julianne Moore. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. forgot that Vince Vaughn was in this. and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because he swallowed Vince Vaughn. <laughs> he swallowed John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, it's really tough for Vaughn. me to fa- remember which one was fat Vince Vaughn and which one was really annoying Tay Leone. <laughs> I mix up the, the second and third one all the time. Third one was Taya. Yeah. Right. That ended with the, the cargo ship in yes. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I've seen this one. All right. Vince Vaughn was awesome in this one. <laughs> it, it's, it's darker than the first and it's definitely a nineties sequel. Uh, Cause they weren't trying to improve on the original. They were just trying to make another one to get it out there. It's decent. It's watchable, but it's, it's definitely not ever going to be Jurassic Park. She's not bad in it. Yeah, I mean she's she's the plucky scientist heroine. She's like the the Bryce Dallas Howard from the new version. I was going to say the Laura Dern of this version, but <laughs> if you want to go there, she's Pat. the Paul Giamatti of the whole <laughs> Jurassic Park franchise. Paul Giamatti wasn't until the third one. <laughs> That's right, he was in the third one. See, so so all about, to look that it up. just proves my point. So Joel has seen Myth of Fingerprints. What is that about, Joel? In the 90s, there was a trend to make uh, serious, dramatic movies. And this was one of those where family gets together at Thanksgiving. Um, stuff happens. There's oh, like, this is like the poor man's ice storm, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's got all about uh, dysfunctional family shit. I've seen this one, too. Voice fighters <laughs> in it. Uh, hope. Uh, no, not hope. This is the kind of research you guys pay for. Thank you very much for keeping keeping with us, guys. Blythe Danner or whatever, whoever... Gwyneth Paltrow's mom, Noah. Um, yeah, wife dinner. Mrs. Paltrow. Noah Taylor from ER, isn't it? Roy Scheider. Noah Wiley, sorry. Roy Scheider from Sequest. 
it's not bad. I mean, it's it's your typical drama from the uh, the nineties. I mean, it's got James the Gross in it. If that tells you anything, Josh will understand. Yes, I so, understand. Boogie, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> James the Gross. Come on, man. Boogie Nights. Is he related to, to Michael Gross or Terry Gross? No, he's Le Gross. Well, that could have been his middle name. <laughs> he's another member of the Lord of the Rings. Dormar, <laughs> <laughs> get Le Gross. <laughs> It's LaGrosse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sounds like a song. We have by... derailed. Yeah. yeah, but let's get back on the rails with Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh, my God. That is such a good movie. Ah, so awesome. First time I have ever seen this movie was watching really? it for this show. Oh. oh, so you did watch it? Yes, I did. Nice. What do you think? I thought it's really fucked up, but really good at the same time. Um, <laughs> my wife's down in the driveway with an ass in her cock. <laughs> Sorry, that's William H Macy. Yeah, I, that was it. Just made me sad because his whole <laughs> yeah, his character arc is deeply disturbing and bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like butter mask. Only pops in my mouth. <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character arc. Uh, Holy shit! That was one of those situations. Like <laughs> when he showed up with the lighting stuff, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Yep. Holy Earlier, shit. Yeah, I wish I'd watched this again prepping for the show. I like this movie so much. Yeah, okay. actually, I'm with you on that one. I, I wish I'd have taken the time to watch this. I might still watch it now that we're. It's just a really great character study of the arc of an entire group of people. It's not just one person's character arc. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. And it just and it just happens to be uh, in porn. Right. That's just the vehicle to get to the end of the film. But everybody goes through a major arc in their storyline, and it's just, uh, it's so good, but it's it's dark. Yeah, it really it's is. It's definitely not a feel good movie. No, no, it's not. And at the end, it was. But, I got to touch. You got to touch. <laughs> that was when he's singing. Because <laughs> well, the, the yeah, the best part of that whole studio scene is how fucking nuts John C. Riley is going in the recording studio. <laughs> He's just jamming out to this awful song that Mark Wahlberg's coked out ass is singing. <laughs> you know who else was really good in this? Julianne Moore. Oh, well, <laughs> she she was the mom figure. I mean, that it's kind of the the linchpin. It and yeah, she really exactly. was. I the whole relationship that everybody had with her was so messed up, but so it's like they, she was their anchor, but at the same time, their she was the, at the same time, she was their anchor, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, she was an anchor in the in the fact that she kept them, you know, grounded as far as their industry, but she was also the anchor that kept them down at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I got to get the tapes because if I don't get the tapes, I can't make the money. If I don't have the money, I I, I can't make get the pay for the tapes. That whole scene with <laughs> hey, calling back that whole scene with Julianne Moore, whether You're she's the like, boss of me. are you my are you my mom? I was yeah. just like, holy shit. All, it's like at, at that point, you're kind of like, you know what? Everybody's kind of just screwed up in this movie. And then you reach, see that scene where they're both coking out in the ba- in the bedroom. And her and um, who Heather. is it? Who is the other actress? Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Yeah. Or, or will you be my mom? You, you be my, I was just like, everybody in this movie is so messed up. Yeah. Well, I mean – it, even the, though I said earlier, it's you know, it's a it's a study of people they just happen to be in porn. Mm-hmm. It really is, at the same time, about the porn industry because the porn just naturally attracts like the most you know fucked up dysfunctional people because you know it's just 
I mean, let's just face it. That's just how the industry works. I think I think the the theme in this whole and I actually watched this with Susie, and she's like <laughs> halfway through. She's like, "Is that the guy from?" Uh, oh, oh, crap! I'm scrolling for. Is that the guy from Hunger Games? Yes, it is. <laughs> is that Doctor Octopus? Yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, the the the, th- the thing I was I was just gonna wrap it up real quick. The thing about uh, this movie uh, being a, about porn. Um, oh my god, I lost it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh yeah. So I mean, come back next week when Patrick makes a point. I think he lost it again. Oh yes, god, damn again. it! <laughs> it's actually a pretty imp- impressive little. Th- well, whatever. Fuck, it's gone. Ah, son of a bitch. Pat. The robot's got Joel. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. What was it? I'm, dry, I'm just driving me nuts now. All right. So 97, Joel's the only one who's seen Chicago Cab. Although I saw it under the title Hell Cab, which it's a stage play that they turned into a movie. It's got Gillian Anderson, John Cusack, Laurie Metcalf, and Julianne Moore. Uh, there's a driver who has a cab, and it tells their four different stories as he's taking them from point A to point B. And they're telling their stories to the cabbie, you know. Huh. I have not seen this, but I want to now. Paul Dillon plays the cab driver, which if you see him, you'll go, oh, that guy, because he's one of those actors. But it's 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 really good. I mean, it's it's not a typical kind of movie. Um, And I think that's probably why it just went direct to video or whatever. But hang on. I'm looking this up. I'm it's a John Cusack flick. I might have seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, I think I did. (laughs) Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, Julian Anderson is in this, too. Yep, I've seen this. It, it was under the name Hellcab when I saw oh, it. Oh, okay. Oh, Michael. Yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> God damn it. I love how every time we do this. Yep. Before we move on to the Big Lebowski, my point, it came to me. Um, oh. I was going to say, with, with porn being as dysfunctional as it is, that's kind of the uh, sad the sad story of William H. Macy's character is that's what happens when you put a normal person into that much of a dysfunctional, fucked up society. So that was my, that was what I was going to say. All right. So the big Lebowski. <laughs> all- I'm just glad it came to me and I got it out of my system. So we're good. I'm proud of you, Pat. Aw. Should be. You made a point. I Will you did. be my mom? I'm going to be a dog. It depends. Do you have a 14-inch penis? Well, you know I do. And a drawer. <laughs> Only if you get in the harness and, and wave it above me. <laughs> How about that for a segue? Holy shit. What? No, it's just like I fell asleep in the car and I woke up and I have no fucking idea where we are. <laughs> Big Lebowski, 1998. <clears throat> I just had the craziest dream. A you movie know you're driving, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've talked enough about the Big Lebowski. There, How much more can we say about it? Her character is just freaky weird enough to fit in with everything else going on in this movie. She grabbed this role. Yeah, she grabbed this role and ran with it. And this and this is another situation, like I said before, where she's she's at her best when she's got a great uh not supporting cast, but a great co cast. I mean she's yeah, when she's got other good actors around her, yeah, mm-hmm. they, you can really get lost in the scene they're doing. Yeah. Even as ridiculous as that movie is, they make that scene they make all their interactions seem Okay, well, this isn't out of the ordinary. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I love about Big Lebowski is you've got this goofy group of people that would not exist in anything other than a Coen Brothers flick. But and you jam them into like a detective noir story and somehow it all works. And just the audacity of the fact that it works is the reason why I keep coming back to this film. Mm -hmm. So you'd say that it ties the room together. It really ties the room together. Calmer than you are. Like Julianne Moore is the rug of this movie. Oh, see, but you don't see it in this movie. You you see her rug <laughs> from a distance. From, from a distance. distance. <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would take that and run with it. Uh, so in 1998, moving on. This is another one that I think I saw. <laughs> but the remake committed to. We've got. Gus Van Zandt's Psycho, which this is the first remake that I intentionally saw because it was a remake. And it was the reason that I hated remakes for a long time because it was a shot for shot remake with Vince Vaughn uh, playing the Norman Bates character and, and uh, Julianne Moore playing the Lila Crane character. And I mean, I haven't seen it since then and I should probably revisit it because it's, it's well done. It just, was it was completely superfluous. There was just no need for, I mean, when I found out it was a complete shot-for-shot remake, I'm like, well, if you're not adding anything to this, then why are you even doing it? Right. It'd be like doing a cover song, and you just sang it completely note-for-note, note, didn't change one single thing about it. I'm like, then what are you doing? That was my problem with it, is that if you're going to make a remake, make it your own. Yeah, and, and that's why I don't like cover songs that do that. Because I'm, I'm like, you know, at least twist it up. Put a new spin on it. Don't, ju don't just ride their coattails and just do exactly what they did, but just with a different camera. Right. I never understood the reason behind it because Gus Van Zandt is better than that. Exactly. It is what it is. So I never saw it at a protest and I, I refuse to watch it. I, re, I treat it like it's a Keanu Reeves movie. It's got skinny Vince Vaughn though. Skinny Vaughn. <laughs> All right. So next up, 1999 cookies fortune. Yeah. I added my initials to this cause I didn't want to ninth hour realize I'd seen it halfway through the description. Cause I've totally seen this movie. Yeah, I watched. This is one of the movies I watched for the show, and I really wish I had filled the slot with a different movie. Oh, I kind of like this. It's, it is a little bit more uh, Robert Altman with his head up his own ass. This is than this shortcuts. Is, this movie to me felt like Robert Altman trying to imitate. Um, oh God, his name, uh, the Lake Wobegon guy. Um, oh, Garrison, uh, Garrison Keeler? Keeler. Garrison Keeler. Yeah, this felt like Robert Altman doing Garrison Keeler, Dude. and it just. And it was just one of the things that annoyed me about it was it was a story that just straight up just didn't need to be told. It wasn't that interesting, but I mean, none of the characters were that good. And it just I mean, it wasn't even like an I mean, it was a I don't know. It didn't feel like a. it felt like it was too awkward too whatever to be a slice of life, but not good enough to be what it was trying to be. It does have Lyle Lovett, though. <laughs> It's got a weird cast. Glenn Close, Julianne Moore, Liv Tyler, Chris O'Donnell, Charles Dutton. What? Yeah. Yep. Huh. Ned Beatty. It's, it's supposed to be like a like a slice of life combined with a who done it, but the audience knows who done it. It's not really a real who done it, and it's just I don't know. It just it it like it never really knew what it wanted to be. I'm pretty sure I originally saw this movie just because I wanted to see a Liv Tyler movie. And I kind of liked Robert Altman's stuff anyway. And they and they like made Julianne Moore play a play a, a simpleton. She like you know, and she's the one that got the last laugh at the end. But still, 
you know, I don't know. It was. I think it, I saw it, that. I'll just. It, it 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 never really knew what it wanted to be. It, uh, it just muddled itself in a bunch of different genres and didn't really stick to anything. Yeah. If right. you like Robert Altman and don't mind him going so far up his own butt that he's parodying himself, you might like this. Yeah, it's it's like it's like it's like uh, Robert Altman trying to be Garrison Keillor and Charlie Kaufman together. It wasn't Doctor T and the Women? That's when he was all the way up his ass. All Literally. right. So after that, Ideal Husband, which nobody has seen because it has Peter Vaughn, Rupert Everett, Minnie Driver, Kate Blanchett, and then all the way down there is Julianne Moore. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, <laughs> and then uh, A Map of the World uh, is Sigourney Weaver and Julianne Moore, which makes me say, hmm, I think I may want to see this. Uh, David Strathairn? It's got outside of Julianne Moore and Sigourney Weaver. I don't recognize a lot of names. You know David Stratham. Yeah, he saw his picture. You'd go, oh, that guy. Hang on. Oh, yeah, that guy. He's from Sneakers. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know that dude. Like the uh, guy Sneakers. The End of the Affair, she plays Sarah, Sarah Miles. I have seen this, but I didn't put my uh, initials down because I was afraid I would be called upon to give any details about it, aside from the fact that it was like a love story about a cheating guy with Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes, Stephen Ray, so Julian. Talk about it for ten seconds, explaining you didn't want to talk about it. Well, got... I was afraid like there would be some like. So how did you like it? What was it about? <laughs> oh man, Lyle Lovett's in it. All right. So what, so what did you think of it? Damn it! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Don't you see the show notes? <laughs> All right. So after this, Magnolia, which three out of the four of us have seen. You've seen the, it. No, I haven't. The next Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, Tom Cruise is is this is one of his best roles, but we're not talking about him. So no. And Julianne Moore plays Linda Partridge. She's the spouse of um, Jason Robards' character, who's dying. And Paul uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is his nurse, and she's like this spastic. You can't tell if she's in it for the money, or she's in it for the drugs, or if she really loves him. And or she's in it for the nookie. I mean, if you think Boogie Nights is dark, this is just as dark. Don't oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like, another, this is another one of those nobody really has a happy ending movies. Yeah, no, and her breakdown in the doctor's office is just hard to watch. It's all kind of told out of sequence. It's almost like an Altman, but with only two stories instead of like 15. Huh. Yeah, Paul okay. Thomas Anderson at this point was still doing his big ensemble cast uh, weaving stories together thing. Now he's gotten much simpler, but it's still a great movie. Mm-hmm. Really well, and an excellent soundtrack by uh, Amy Mann. I'm not usually a big Amy Mann fan, but I'll go with that. Yeah, they would actually was. Mm-hmm. And um, William H Macy's character is just bizarre <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I need braces. <laughs> oh man, I Lyle seen, Lovett's I in it. it. I saw it in the theater, but yeah, I should watch this again. Holy crap! Lyle this, is not that. This has everybody. I'm scrolling through the thing. Alfred Molina. Okay, scroll, scroll, scroll. Luis Guzman. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Rick, it's Ricky J. What the hell? Yeah. His favorites at the time. That was Paul Thomas Anderson's cast of thousands. I love Ricky J. All right. So uh, that brings us to 1999. Stepping over the line, we go into 2000. So we are going to take a break right here. All right. None of you feel the need to help me lead out for that (laughs) i figured right after you said right here it was just going to end and go to the break
All right, we are back. Now and Joel has got us ready and primed. Yeah. <laughs> Joel did a little bit of a stand-up routine. He is actually going to be at the Laugh Hole uh, later on in the uh, northwest side of Chicago. Their tagline, where, where laughs come to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Aww. Aww. So, yeah, so uh, we are back, and we are talking about Julianne Moore, starting out with a movie that none of us have seen. It's only 14 minutes long. Probably shouldn't even be in the notes. Not I? is 14 minutes long? Yes, it is. It's just a short. Oh, okay. Well, then, Ladies' Man, where she is Audrey. Now, That's the, uh, the Tim Meadows vehicle. Yeah, I was going to say, it's listed as only Joel and I saw that, and that surprises me. I'd never bothered to see it. I, I didn't really like that character all that much. I mean, and to, it, it was it's like the whole, you know, Pat or Stuart Smalley. It's like oh. to watch a whole movie be stretched out out of, out of this tiny little concept. No, thank you. Yeah, it's like people who like on IMDb, people who like this also liked Superstar. That was a good movie. I think this was a little bit better than a most of the uh, other Saturday Night Live one character movies and better than it had any right to be. It's not great. I agree with I that. Did, I just, yeah, I just never had any desire to watch it. I didn't even know she was in it. I don't regret seeing it, but it was definitely better than it should have been. Yeah. Kind of like it's that got this, this weird fascination with how white people love mayonnaise. I do love mayonnaise. I'm not kidding. That is a plot point in The Ladies' Man. <laughs> and that kind of explains why I didn't see it. That, anyway. So after that, she's in Hannibal, which I have seen where she plays Clarice Starling. She takes over Jodie Foster's role in the uh, franchise. And I think she does a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I mean, she does a serviceable job, but I mean, she doesn't try to be Jodie Foster, which is, was one of the keys to her taking the role over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she makes the character her own, and she's very pretty to look at. And this is, an, I mean, see, here's the thing. Like, we're talking about this. Like, Julianne Moore was really great in this movie. She did a great Clarice Starling. She was paired up with Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman. Yep. This is another one of those things where Julianne Moore shines her brightest when she's paired up with the right people. And who was the other guy that got his brains eaten? Drawing a blank on his name. Ray Liotta. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a decent sequel, or well, uh, part of the franchise. It's technically the third film in this series. But anyway, uh, no, I like I it. Mean, it. It's Julianne Moore doing what Julianne Moore does in this movie. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a strong franchise but, but it's probably the weakest link in a strong franchise but it's not because of her it's just you know they didn't do a really good job of translating the book to movie because there's there's a lot of inner turmoil stuff in the book that doesn't really get translated well to screen well i mean translating a one of these movies is with but i mean it's, it's like how do you how do you translate to a movie uh empathy for a serial killer you know right yeah i mean the hannibal lecter character is so psychological you outside of you only get the full treatment if you read the books but it's directed by ridley scott yes it is and i love ridley scott and that's why i went to go see it and i was not disappointed because julianne moore who is who we're talking about was really good as clue starling yeah i mean it's a solid movie it really is it's just you know it, it Silence of the Lambs was a phenomenon, really. So, do, I mean. do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. That was like a reflex action. Evolution, after this, she plays Allison Reed. 
Uh, she plays opposite Orlando Jones, David Duchovny, yes. and Sean William Scott. I have I, a sick love of this movie. I wish I'd seen it. This has been on my list forever. Same this, here. Such a good movie. I'm surprised <laughs> that you two haven't seen it. Oh, my God. I've, I've heard so many. This is one of those movies I've heard so many things about, but it never comes to the forefront of my brain when I'm thinking of something to watch. She you is know? hilarious in it. David Duchovny is hilarious in it. Orlando Scott, obviously, is hilarious in it. This is like um, Ghostbusters with aliens is a good way to put it. Are yeah, like, I mean, right? like I said, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I just... Yeah, it's very funny. The special effects are, are entertaining, and it's just a it's just a good story. It's simple. What does she play in it? She plays the scientist. Of course. Yes. <laughs> That's the David Duchovny. Yes. So two very pretty people to look at. True. But yeah, got, no, no, this yeah. is, she's, I mean, she's got some great scenes in this one. Again, and it's another, I said it again, she's paired up with some great comedic actors. She's almost like, what, hey, Joel, or Josh, actually, what's the name of the uh, Pokemon that kind of takes a shape of whatever Pokemon's nearby? Mimic. Mimic, yeah. So she's kind of like the Mimic where you put her with a bunch of other really good comedic actors and she becomes really funny with them. She put her with a bunch of dramatic actors and she can morph into this dramatic actress. That was a terrible analogy. I apologize. <laughs> Julianne Moore, I choose you. <laughs> so none of us have seen 2001's World Traveler. I, I don't think I've even ever heard of it. Nope. The Shipping News is after that, 2001. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Only Joel has seen this. <laughs> this is another um, drama about a guy and his daughter. They move back to Newfoundland to kind of get his life back together. Uh, Kevin Spacey's in it, uh, Judy Dench, and then Julianne Moore. I don't remember what role she plays. I think she's back in his in she's in Newfoundland when he gets there, and they start a relationship, if I remember correctly. But Pete Postlethwaite, Scott Glenn, Reese Evans. Kate Blanchett. It's a really great cast. It's decent. It's forgettable, though. Okay. Then, uh, far from... Like sex, with, sex with Joel. Decent and forgettable. <laughs> You've yeah. never had sex with me, then. <laughs> not that you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, not that I remember. In which case, it's it's just forgettable. All oh. right. Oh. What's up? Hey, me. Far from heaven. Nobody's seen it. The Hours. Josh has seen this. Uh, yeah, this this is one of those movies that you're probably never going to be in the mood to see, but you really should. What um, movie? What is it? I think because I couldn't remember if I'd seen the this Nicole record. Kidman movie. This is the one where Nicole Kidman basically is scene stealer because she does not look like herself. She plays Virginia Woolf. And, won the Oscar, right? Yes, it's Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, Meryl Streep, and you basically have two stories from two different time periods about women dealing with tough events in their lives that relate to the Virginia Woolf novel, and it keeps cutting back to Nicole Kidman playing Virginia Woolf, play, uh, writing the book. Huh. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I remember the poster for it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of Virginia Woolf, so I haven't seen it. Ah. I'm afraid of Virginia Woolf. Patrick? If I could psychically slap you right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those where it's like, you're not going to have a good time watching this. It's all about like family drama and AIDS and depression and suicide. But it's one I'm of those in. You eventually get around to watching it. So if you're feeling too good, <laughs> pop this in. All right. So after the, the hours is Marie and Bruce, which nobody has seen, but is a 
based on a play by Wallace Shawn, is a comical glimpse at one day in the breakdown of a marriage. It's another she, Wallace Shawn stage play movie. Holy cow. She plays opposite Matthew Broderick. Is that a genre? <laughs> <laughs> this is one I was trying to see before the show, and I just forgot about it. It sounded interesting. Let's just assume I make a joke there, and let's move on. Speaking <laughs> of movies you, you may have seen and forgot about, that's Laws of Attraction. You guys may have actually seen this. This is... Uh, Julianne Morton, uh, oh, what's his face? James Bond. As divorce lawyers who uh, are at odds and eventually fall for each other. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those movies. It's like, even if you haven't seen it, you've pretty much seen it. All right, then moving on. The Forgotten. Pat and Joel have seen this. It's a alien abduction type movie. Wait. Um, have what? I have I seen this? Why did you say what? What? Yeah, I think you may have seen this one. Um, it, there's a great scene towards the end when the alien does a freak out on Julianne Moore and all the windows explode and everything. You know. No, no, I haven't seen this. Nope? Okay, I was gonna say yeah. if you remember that scene, then you've seen it. Oh, it's Basically, got Gary Sinise though. She's told that her children never existed. Mm-hmm. Then- oh, I saw the trailer for this and it was on my list and just never got around to watching it. It's actually pretty good. I mean, it's not great but it's, right. it's pretty good it's it's something you'd watch if you had nothing else on yeah there's it's, too many other movies better than this to watch if you haven't seen them than that one all right. but i wouldn't kick it off the list eventually and watch it it's okay just, so after that movie. is trust the man where she plays rebecca opposite david duchovny nobody has seen this i mean well i mean some people have seen this but not of us <laughs> uh this is, is after much with eugene levy in it what oh no that's just the man never mind no, who's the man? That's who's the man. This has got another one of those weird. It's got David Duchovny, Julianne Moore, Sasha Gillen, Billy Crudup, Gary Shandling. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, after much drama, cheating, and trial separations, two men fight to save their rela- relationships. All right, so that sounds like a real day brightener right there. Uh, Joel, not surprisingly, has seen the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio, because it sounds like a really artsy fartsy movie. <laughs> it's yep. not at all. It, uh, it's her and Woody Harrelson. It tells a story. It's a true story about a woman in the 50s whose husband is kind of a, an alcoholic jerk played by Woody Harrelson. And she's got 10 kids. And the only way they make ends meet is that she's a contester. So she enters contests where she writes jingles and slogans and things and wins money and prizes and things like that. And it kind of tells the story of that whole subcategory of people at the time who made a living winning a contest before like publishers clearinghouse came along and said, fuck it. You don't have to have any talent. Just send us something. Is, is that a thing? Is that a subgenre of people? Yes. Really? That's not the right word choice, but it was a thing at the time. Like there were people that were called contesters and huh. they, uh, yeah. Wallace Shawn made a play about it. They're making a movie <laughs> out of it. <laughs> with Julianne Moore, um, but she's the lead. And it's she, Julianne Moore and Lyle Lovett. She's very charming. It's, it's a really, it's, it's kind of a a feel good movie, but Woody Harrelson's character is such an ass in it that sometimes you like you want to punch him. All right. So uh, after that, she did something, and I'm realizing now this is mine. Jesus Christ! The Naked Brothers banned the movie. She plays herself. I've seen this because it was on Disney. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much seen it, but it was on in the background. Freedomland. Joel. Josh. Tell me. Joel Josh. 
Still Josh. Um, Freedom Land was pretty good. It was a uh, police procedural racism drama with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Julianne Moore. The end. I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, you've got uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a cop who's looking into a kidnapping and there's a big uh, racial protest going on at the same time. The end. It's pretty good. <laughs> See, this is why I don't put my initials on one. So there's. <laughs> I think we lost Mike or he's just playing a joke on Josh. Mike says he's there. We don't hear you at all. Hey, I'm back. I just had a heart attack. (laughs) Sorry, there were some technical issues going on (laughs) at that moment. Children of Men, I have not seen this movie, but you guys keep telling me that I need to see it. You really do. Is it it a Naked Brothers band movie? No, (laughs) it's a post-apocalyptic nail-biter movie. You Hmm. will be fully invested five minutes into the movie. Absolutely. Hmm. I got this as a gift um, from a friend at work. I've seen it once. It was so heavy-handed, I didn't need to see it again. <sighs> what? Joel, it's why are so... all of your opinions wrong? So, so okay. I have to say... this movie, so he's got to hate it. Joel, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, Joel's like, oh my god, I was so heavy-handed. Oh, you know what? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I had knew nothing about it when I got it. He's like, here, I think you'd like this. And he gave it to me as a gift. And I watched it, and I was like, huh. So that happened. I don't know. Didn't do it for me. Sorry. <sighs> so tell me. Okay. So tell me about this one. Uh, it's a post. Like you said, it's a it's a dystopian post-apocalyptic type movie where um, it's been what 18 years since the last child was born, and yeah. no one knows why. It just suddenly women just became infertile. Oh. And yeah, it's it's like you know, uh, and you pick up the story when uh, the last. He was called uh, Baby Carlos. He was the, the, the youngest person alive. He was like 19 years old or something like that. And he had just about gotten killed in a bar fight or something. Hmm. And so it's like made like worldwide news. Oh, our, our youngest citizen or whatever just died. And the story starts right there. Yeah. Of the world. Yeah. yeah. The youngest yeah, person I don't want to spoil you any more of it than that. You just need to see it. All right. Has sexy Michael Caine, so that should sell you. Joel? I mean, there's there's a there's a really really poignant <clears throat> scene when they come up across an abandoned elementary school, and it's just you know overgrown with 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 uh, decay and everything, is, and you just kind of, and it just all of a sudden at that point, like you just kind of realize so, subconsciously, you haven't heard a single child the entire movie, and, and you haven't seen one ever. You're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, the world is not a happy place. Hmm. So Joel didn't like it. I wasn't a fan. Maybe I need to see it again. I don't know. I think I'm in. It also has one of the longest, most intense one-shot tracks <clears throat> in in cinema. Yep. Huh. So there's a there's a war scene that is you know goes on for a good five minutes with no cuts. All right. And then there's another. There's two amazing like five minute long no cut scenes. What about that, Julianne Moore in it? How is she? She plays. Um, Clive Owen's love interest. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So that's exactly what we're looking for in a movie about her. I can't (laughs) say, I can't say anymore. You got until you see it. I really can't. I mean, if all four of us have seen it and I would gladly talk about her, but she's Clive Owen's ex. Okay. All right. Then next. (laughs) (laughs) next. Um, It's a 
movie, Nicolas Cage, Jessica Biel, Julianne Moore plays a uh, FBI agent again. Oh, shit. I did see this. I actually Las watched Vegas Magician. <laughs> I totally I watched this specifically for uh, the show, and it was a lot of fun. It was a Nick Cage movie. She was awesome in it. Yeah, it's actually fun. He plays a uh, 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 like a magician who can see the future, and the FBI wants him to prevent a nuclear attack. He can oh my only God, I saw this. See, oh, he can only see four <laughs> minutes into the future. Yeah, right. yeah, I saw this. <clears throat> but see, here's the thing about Julianne Moore in this one. I mean, okay, so she's in the other movies with, like, uh, what, what was the, the comedy that we just went? Uh, Evolution. And she was really funny in this one. She cheeses it up in this one because she's so close to Nick Cage. You know, I... I yeah. she's, a, she's like a chameleon. She's like... She is. She's a, she's a good-looking Paul Giamatti. Do you not speak poorly of Paul Giamatti? <laughs> Unless pot-bellied, balding, middle-aged, wide-eyed. That's my fetish. <laughs> All right. I, I enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun because, one, Nick Cage, and two, Julianne Moore, she played a great opposite him. So past this, Savage Grace, where she plays Barbara Bakeland. Nobody has seen this movie in the... Or we people. all have. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we could have. <laughs> Hang on. This is uh, Julian Moore, uh, based on a book, true story of Barbara Bailey Dakeland, her husband, Brooks Bakeland, and the editor of Bakeland Plastics Fortune. Oh, Bakelite. Bakelite. Uh, do you remember something about a movie about her having plastic? We can move on. Moving on. It's a mystery. I'm not there. We've not seen this. Eagle Eye. She plays a voice. Patrick has seen this. That was the Shia LaBeouf uh, surveillance movie. Oh, fuck him. Moving on. Moving on. Blindness. (laughs) Joel has seen this. She plays Doctor's Wife. Uh, This is one with her and Mark Ruffalo where uh, in the the future, everybody goes blind suddenly and they're not sure why. (laughs) Huh. And it's basically kind of how the world functions when everybody loses their sight. Um, people take advantage of it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a zombie type scenario, but without creatures that are trying to kill you, it's where your, your danger is yourself. Um, it's, it's really, everybody's hair looks bad. (laughs) It's an interesting movie. It's got, uh, Adrian Brody and, uh, Danny Glover in it as well. Danny Um, Glover. It's pretty dark, but she, she and Mark Ruffalo are like the, the lead collapse of the cosmetics industry. (laughs) I, I would, I would recommend it. It's it's a it's kind of a fascinating movie to watch. Self-driving cars are on the rise, though. As far as they know, is this a self-driving car? Yes, I think. (laughs) No one walks. (laughs) No one walks past a mirror and thinks they're their father. (laughs) Okay, so after this, she's in the private lives of Pippa Lee, where she plays Cat, and she is so far down on the list that she doesn't even show up on the IMDb page without having to click on something moving on moving on a single man she plays charlie nope chloe i started watching this on the train and then quickly realized i should not watch this in public (laughs) a lot of sexiness (laughs) yes there's a lot of nakedness in this movie and it also is hey bonus seat to yourself (laughs) again again yeah so chloe you're gonna get a reputation where even the like the the Conductor. The conductors are going to go, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, no, I think I'm there. Amanda Seyfried, yeah. Liam Neeson, Julianne Moore, for up until the points where the boobies came out, this was really cool. Streaming uh, on Netflix. 
Streaming on Netflix. Kids are all right. All right. Is this about it's the movie who? where she is uh, half of a lesbian couple, <laughs> and they have two, two teenage kids that they're raising, and Julianne Moore uh, cheats on her, and with Mark, uh, show me a home with a Ruffalo roam. And it's a good movie. I mean, well, well so uh, always around well, and the kids are really good in it too. Like, are they all right? I'm gonna slap the shit out of you when I see you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, so, it's, a, it's a very well acted movie. Everybody is great in it. Okay. I, I was actually expecting it to be something about the Who. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. But no. All right. So after that, she does something called Shelter. Which is a supernatural horror film directed by Mans Marland and Bjorn Stein. Julianne Moore and Jonathan Rice Myers. He's like the uh, last generation's. <laughs> I was going to. Never mind. Go ahead. I was going to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but I realized oh, oh, Taylor Thomas is last generation. You know Jonathan what? Taylor All right. Thomas. So hang on. This may be a. Did any of us see a movie called Six Souls? Six, as in 666. No. Okay. But- I tried to find this one to watch it. It's it, Well, that's the name of it over here. Over there, it's called, whatever I just said, Shelter. All right, Stupid, Crazy Stupid Love. I have not seen this movie. Pat? It's actually, it's much better than it needs to be. It, it, I keep hearing it's great. Yeah, I, I, was, I, didn't, I, I only saw this because a friend of mine was like, dude, let's watch this movie. you got to see it. It's funny. I was like, eh, I don't really, you know, and I watched it, and yeah, I had some serious laugh-out-loud moments. It's really funny. Hmm. I, um... I got to admit, I, I had the same feeling, Pat. And the yeah. ending is kind of brilliant, the way everything ties together. But yes, um, what's but I mean, th- this movie is where I changed my mind on uh, Ryan Gosling. He steals the movie, I hate to say it. Yeah, exactly. He's great in this movie. I really didn't care for him before this movie. Hmm. He, he steals the movie from everybody. And Julianne Moore and... Um, <laughs> you can't catch me. I've got the movie now. But yeah, Julianne Moore and uh, and Steve Carell have some great scenes together. I that's mean, what I was trying to say. Yeah, they're they're the, they're the couple that's estranged, and and you could and they really do a great job of playing up the the dynamic of a couple whose marriage is on the rocks. I, yeah, she has an affair with Kevin Bacon, and he jumps out of a car, and he's trying to learn to be single again. And Ryan Gosling is basically his spirit animal. Yeah. Which, they meet. They meet at a bar, and Ryan Gosling realizes this guy, you know, needs a lot of help. So, but huh. I mean, that you know, Julianne Moore playing the 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 wife who you know is trying, you know, is trying to get her own head on straight and everything. I mean, it's just it's a it's a really really good movie, but it has some great comedy in it too. And we forgot to mention Emma Stone. Yeah. Oh, so, that should sell you on it. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm all in. You had me at Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After that, being Flynn. Uh, this is a, a very much a character-driven movie with uh, Paul Dano and uh, Robert De Niro. It's, I believe, based on a true story. But um, uh, Julianne Moore plays the mom and the ex-wife of Robert De Niro's character. Uh, Robert De Niro is a, a guy who says he's a fantastic writer, but's been writing a book his entire life that no one's ever seen. And Paul Dano is a son who is never known his father. And then he comes back into his life and there's a lot of flashbacks where they talk about his mom. And that's where Julianne Moore comes in and she ultimately shoots herself. Dude, so, spoilers. Kind of, <laughs> kind of depressing. <laughs> what it's, the it's fuck? Good character film. Hey, you know what? I, I think I almost watched this for film class and we chose something else. 
All right, so after this, what Maisie knew? It's a lighthearted romp about a divorce. No, it's <laughs> not. It's uh, what Maisie knew. Nobody has seen well, this. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what Maisie knew was none of us saw it. That's yeah, Julianne Moore, Steve Coogan. It's a divorce movie. Moving on. Don John. Funny, funny enough, Don John I own on DVD, but I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt wrote and directed it. It's about That's why the- I own it, because I bought it for that reason. He's a he's a Jersey guy who um, can't really connect with people. He's addicted he's to a, porn, which is the other yeah. reason about it. He's, he's enough, okay. That's what porn. I thought. Yeah. So he has a hard time connecting with people because that that's his whole life, and so it's again kind of a, a character study, and it's it's good. It's not something I need to see more than once, but uh, I, I heard I heard it was uh, it it was. It was middling. It was average. You know, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good. There's good parts and bad parts. That's yeah. Like I said, it, it's worth a watch. I bought it out of curiosity and out of my just you know love for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I saw it on sale for like four dollars somewhere. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I still haven't watched it. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Moving on. Right. Moving, Moving on. on to the, the English teacher. Not surprising. Uh, this sounds like a pretentious artsy movie, and Joel is the only one who has seen it. <laughs> well, so we so we think so. Julianne Moore is the star of this one. Um, she is the lead character, and basically, she is the English teacher. She is the English teacher. Yes, she's been a and uh, a single woman English teacher her entire life, and she's one of her former students comes back to town, and uh, he's had tried to make a go of it on you know being a playwright in New York, and he failed. They meet up, uh, kind of hap- happenstance. He's written a play. She reads it. She falls in love with it. And she decides that she wants to have the school produce it. And um, then they bang it out. <laughs> they, they do bang at one point. Yes. But of course, father is played by Greg Kinnear. Uh, Nathan Lane plays the uh, the drama coach or drama teacher at the school. Uh, <laughs> he, he plays Doug Fox. Basically, yes. Um, but, you know, it's 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 kind of a comedy. It's a little bit romantic. It's a little bit kind of it's pretty dramatic at points but um you know it's it's one of those things that if it's a saturday night and you got nothing else to watch it's entertaining i mean i enjoyed it yeah it sounds like something if it came up on cable i'd probably watch it she's very good in it she's very good all right carrie all of us have seen this if you want to hear us talk about carrie check out our carrie show yes (laughs) moving on uh, non-stop, she plays Jen Summers. No, I mean, Carrie, okay. Carrie, she, it was so long ago. You saw it? Yeah. No, he's, he was back into Carrie. He's back oh, in- Carrie. Oh, sorry. I thought we had moved on to non-stop. No. I thought we had too, but. No, non-stop. Uh, she plays opposite Liam Neeson and Scoot McNary. Ah, uh, Scoot. Uh, I have no idea what this movie's about. Um, Marsh. It's oh, another it's Liam Neeson as an action hero movie. All right. Map to the stars. Maps to the stars. Have I seen this? It's a John Cusack movie, so maybe you have. Oh, I, yes, This I have. was hard to watch. It's a David Cronenberg film and late <laughs> David Cronenberg. It Cronenberg. is. I, I literally had a hard time watching it. Like I got through the first 20 minutes and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can finish this. I haven't seen this because this is such a weird. I mean, you've got the Cronenberg thing going on julianne moore john cusack robert pattinson what yeah <laughs> it's and lyle love it <laughs> no it's done a play it. by wallace sean <laughs> none of those last two things are true 
Um, based based on the novel Precious by Walshon. <laughs> Inconceivable. My name is Precious. Anyway, <laughs> um, it, I can't recommend it. That's all I gotta oh say. My I God, just, I, I have. Um, I have never oh. heard more of a reason not to watch a movie than you saying I cannot recommend it. Julianne Moore plays an aging starlet who's trying to get her her fame back. And um, the best part of the whole film is the girl. I can't think of her name. She was uh, in Alice in Wonderland. Mia Wasikowska. She's the best part of the whole film. She's this girl who's been burned, who moves she's to Hollywood. Part of many films she's in. She becomes Julianne Moore's personal assistant. And she's a little psycho and things end badly for people that get too close to her, but it's not a horror film. Uh, I don't know. It, it just was not good. Hmm. Moving yeah. on. If to... it had been a horror film, would it have been better? <laughs> if they would have committed, maybe. Yeah. Moving on to still Alice. Oh, <laughs> uh, this, this one is depressing. Um, Julianne Moore plays Dr. Alice Howard. She is a brilliant, um, woman who suddenly realizes at a very young age that she is suffering from Alzheimer's and it's basically her regression from who she was. And, uh, turns out it's a genetic disorder and she finds out some couple of her kids get tested and find out they have it. And it's, Oh, I forgot. I saw this young onset. Oh, Jesus Alzheimer's. Christ. Well, <laughs> this was like when it was nominated for like all the Oscars, it was on my list and just didn't get to it. Yeah. That's same here. I've always meant to see this. I actually downloaded it to watch it, and I still didn't get around to it. I was watching other movies. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea to what, no desire to watch this movie. It's it's incredibly depressing. Yeah, that's probably I mean, it. it. It ends on an up note, but it's got Kristen Stewart in it. So to follow up the Robin Pat Robert Pattinson <laughs> tie, there you go. Nice. It All was right. a better love story than Twilight, though. Okay. So after this, she jumps into the Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part one, where she plays President Alma Coyne. So, Joel, did you just not get into the Hunger Games at all? Nope. The whole household was watching it, and I was like, eh, okay. I've never seen. Is, oh, he, dude, he was like, uh, is Lyle Lovett in it? No? I was about to say, they're great. <laughs> and maybe I mean it. Yeah, they're great. I, I've seen the entire trilogy probably four or five times. Yeah, hmm. I've seen the first one and I haven't seen any of the other ones. I don't know why. I just never did. I've I've seen. I enjoyed uh, the first one. Yeah, they're they're good. They're actually a lot of they're really good action movies. Honestly, I think they're better than the books because the book, I agree. Yeah, the books are not written well, <laughs> especially this last one because the last book in the series makes some questionable decisions that the way they told the story instead in the films is significantly better. I actually think the third book in the hunger game series is okay. And the movie is very good. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you on that. Uh, Julian Moore plays the president. She's basically the leader of the resistance. Yeah. Unfortunately getting too deep into her character, kind of is a major spoiler only that she is excellent in this role in both films. Yeah. Um, I don't remember her being in it though. That's the, Oh, that, well, no, this is the last of the three. So if you've only watched the first one, you, you Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The, the third book is split into two films. Yes. That's okay. That's what's going on here. I was, I was thinking that, when it said part one in the show notes, I was thinking movie one. No, no, no. Yeah, this is part one of the third uh, third books. 
So, and she really is good. And it, she plays her character with a with a kind of ruthlessness. That's a great way yes. to put it. Uh, I would say saying that about her character is not a huge spoiler that she's ruthless. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so definitely one if you... of the most important characters in the series, even though you don't meet her until the third movie. Exactly. Yeah. So she's like, uh, what's his face? Exactly. All right, moving on. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, Seventh Son. She plays Mother Malkin. I'm put this down that I saw this, but I'm not a hundred percent. This is the one with with Nick Cage. Who's in this? Oh no, uh, Kurt Russell in this. No. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Jeff Bridges. Yes. <laughs> Alicia Vikander is in this. It, it's on my list to see someday, but it doesn't look very good. I. Uh, Yes, I have seen this, and you are right. It's it's <laughs> Jeff Bridges and Julianne Moore needed to pay some bills. <laughs> is the way the subtitle should be on this one, though it does it have was... Kit Kit Harrington in it, so that's kind of yeah. Cool. This was one of those where I saw the preview for it, and I was like, okay, this doesn't look like it could possibly be good. I'll wait for the reviews, and when the reviews came out, I was like, okay, well that's that then. Yes. It's not as, I mean, for our taste, it's not as bad as we expect it to be, but it's still something you can put on in the background and just kind of watch with, out of a corner of your eye. Does that make sense? Yes. She's good in it. She plays like, again, like the, the like the sage advisor. No, she's the villain. Is she? Yeah. Well, fuck, Mother I hated Milk this and movie. The Queen of Evil Witches. Yes. No, in that case, I hated this. Because I have, obviously, it's stuck with me. Maggie's Plan. Nobody's seen that one, nor have they seen Freeheld. But The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, Josh and I have seen. She still plays the same character, and she's still what she we, we said she just was. But we don't want to give up any spoilers, because it's still kind of a new movie. Yeah. I'm Ish. really surprised nobody's seen the new Kingston movie yet. I Honestly, I'm more inclined to see Suburbicon before I see the new Kingsman. Well, Kingsman came out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, yesterday, uh, Tuesday. So it's more available now than it was. The sequel did? Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Just got released see? on Blu-ray and DVD. That's why nobody's seen it. Everyone's like, oh, it's out already? Yeah. yeah. I want to see Suburbicon. Uh, it looks like uh, a Coen Brothers movie that wasn't done by the Coen Brothers. Yes. It's in the theaters now, I think. The George Clooney-directed uh, Oh, that. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. I saw the trailer for that like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, been, it's been in development forever then. Yeah, I, I think that's the one Matt Damon is like a guy who let everybody run all over him until uh, his wife gets killed and then he goes to war with the mob. Hmm. Yeah, it's the trailers look like it could be entertaining. The reviews aren't fantastic that I'm looking at now, but I still want to see it. Yeah, I'm sure. I oh, I you know what? I said it was a Coen Brothers movie that wasn't done by the Coen Brothers. They wrote it. <laughs> there uh, you, go. you could tell just by watching the trailer that it was that style of movie. Well, that's. I mean, the Coen Brothers are kind of like you. You, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely thought George Clooney just from having worked with them was trying to ape their style. But now that I look at the IMDb, yeah, they totally wrote this film. All right. Well, I mean, past this. Suburbicon Kingsman Bel Canto film yet to be released. Who's Bill Canto? 
I think Belcanto is a place. <laughs> it's not like Bill Canto. He works <laughs> at an insurance company. It sounds like a guy. We should go see Bill Canto. Bill Canto is Italian for... your insurance for... needs, see Bill Canto. Uh, Italian for beautiful wow. singing. Ah, Bel Canto, the famous play by Wallace Shawn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, past this, we have nothing. So do we have any wrap-up on what we think of Julianne Moore? Well, I think it goes without saying that Josh and I are fans, and I've been in love with her for many, many years now, and I, if there's a movie that has her in it, it's it's a plus, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm very much a fan as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she's one of the... Um, she it, it, somehow she's one of the most underrated while still being one of the top tier actresses because I think she is just as good if not better than a, than a, a Glenn Close or a Meryl Streep or any of these other you know Judy Denches or whatever anybody you want to throw out there I think she's just as good as anything but mm-hmm. she doesn't get any of the credit and I th- honestly think and and I'm not just saying this for you know to bring up that she you know shows her boobs all the time. But I think that is one of the reasons why she doesn't get the acclaim that they do, because she is more than willing to do nude scenes. And the thing is, her nude scenes almost always are necessary to the story. I mean, because if you're going to tell a story about the porn world, guess what? <laughs> you're going to be naked at some points, you know. And and one of the things about her relaxed style with nudity is like, you know, a scene like the one in Shortcuts that's something that is very realistic and happens in a real relationship. You know, you, you don't necessarily have all your arguments while you're, you know, completely, you know, clothed and made up and ready, you know, for the world. Yeah. And that, you know, that one scene that, that like, I mean, I do remember when that happened a lot of, there was some uproar about it. Some people didn't like it, you know, they're, they're like, they, they thought it was a little over the top. I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's realism. I mean, right. that's, you know. hmm. so I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why she doesn't get, as much credit as she deserves. I don't know. I, I don't know that I agree that she's on the same level as Meryl Streep, but maybe when she has had a career as long as Meryl Streep uh, is, maybe you will be correct in, in like another 20 years. I mean, I think she's already got it. I mean, we just did an hour and a half on her. She's got pretty good filmography as it is. She just doesn't have the accolades. I, I agree with Pat on this one. I mean, she is very realistic in her acting. Like I said, when with her in uh, Boogie Nights, I mean, she, I mean, she made it feel real of what was going on with everything around her. Um, I it, stick it's one of those things where, like, like I mean, I have, you know, we, all, all, I think all three of us at least have a, 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 a actual like visceral attraction to her, and she's a good enough actress that you can you can lose that while she's you know while she's in a character because you just forget you're like you know this is just somebody. That, this is an actress I have a crush on. This is, I mean, she, because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I can't turn that off with some like Ellen Page. I don't care what she's in. I'm like, oh, she's cute. <laughs> I just think of that the whole time. I'm like, man, she's cute. I'm sticking by my guns on. She is at her best when she is paired up with the right co co actors. And and yeah, I think that's the thing is she is a great actress. I'm not trying to diminish her, but I, I don't think she's going to be a tour de force. She isn't yet a tour de force where she can just command the entire script by herself the way someone like Meryl Streep can. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I mean, she is she definitely does have she can command a scene, but I don't think she can command a whole uh, series, a whole um movie. Yeah, where, where you've got stuff like uh, when Meryl Streep played Julia Child, where people who knew Julia Child uh, watched the film and were like, by the end of it, I had to remind myself that the real Julia didn't look like Meryl Streep. Right. 
Right. No. So, so Joel, what about you, man? Boys. But I am looking forward to her next role where she's playing Wallace Shawn, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace Shawn, the play by Wallace Shawn. Starring Wallace Shawn. And Wallace Shawn starring in Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Produced by Bill Santa. So, so if you want to... Uh, starring Lyle Levitt. <laughs> If you want to weigh in on uh, your favorite movie uh, by Julianne Moore, maybe you think we're way off on our interpretation of a particular film, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. And since you took my part, I'm going to go about iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com. Look us up. Hmm? For the last 200 shows, I've always said the numbers the second time. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. shit. <laughs> Where have I been? I don't know. (laughs) All right. So, Joel, what are we doing next week? Next week, you're going to shoot your eye out because we're doing The Christmas Story and the unavoidable sequel. Boom, boom, boom. It's going to be awful. (laughs) We'll find out. Maybe it'll be fun. Ah, yeah. Well, it's about time we talk about this, especially considering it's Christmas and we're not doing a whole month of Christmas this year because then we'll have nothing to talk about next year. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so if you're ready for it, come on back next week, and we will be ranting and raving about Christmas Story Part 2. <laughs> I'm going with Only that. Only he didn't say fudge. Ooh. <laughs> I like fudge. All right, so we will be back next week. Thank you for listening, and I, I got no tagline for this one. Inconceivable! <laughs> that was a good one. You know, I've got iron iron ball protection. <laughs>